What's happening? Shit, I know something happening. Cause everything's moving. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Elevated Sports Podcast, and this is Eric Sabella. The following is a recorded radio show called The Unlimited Sports Show, found at GoMileHigh.com, part of the Beyond Air Network at the Colorado Media School. Are you ready? You're listening to The Unlimited Sports Show, where we talk football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. Or whatever else we want. And hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Unlimited Sports Show. Jack here today, driving the show, here with Eric, Michael, and uh, Hunter on the boards. How's everybody doing today? Great. Great. Fantastic. I'm doing all right. Interesting. All right. So, uh, yeah, we got a crazy cast of characters here today with you talking about some sports. Uh, Let's start off talking about the NBA games last night. Uh, We had the Pelicans and Spurs and the Hawks and Hornets. The Pelicans defeated the Spurs 113 to 103 and the Hawks won 132 to 103. Oh, man, what I say? Jose Alvarado. I I knew that guy was going to be a difference maker. And uh, he definitely made his presence known in that game for the Pelicans. I am excited for when I think of the Pelicans, I think of their future and what they can be with Zion next year. Ew. Uh, I'm telling you, man. Scary team. I mean, CJ McCollum, he played great in that game. 32 points, 7 assists for CJ. Yeah. And I don't know. Who do we have for Pelicans, Clippers? Who do you guys think is going to pull that out? That's interesting. Um, I'm going to say the Clippers just because they've been there before. Um, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. The Clippers? Clippers got eliminated. No, they no, they're now battling. Oh, United that's right. No, no, yeah, yeah, you're it's right. Weird. The, <laughs> the playing tournament. There's another one. Yeah, the yeah, playing no. tournament's a little bit dorky. So if you lose, you still get to another. Charlotte got eliminated, right? So wait, yeah. does that mean the winners who won already are playing? Like they're in? They're a seed now in the playoffs? Yes. Or? So the eighth and seventh seeds battle for the seventh seed. So whoever won I know that becomes the seventh seed. Whoever loses that then has to face. The winner of the ninth and tenth seed. So the Nets and the Timberwolves are already oh. in. They're already in. Yes. So right now the Pelicans and the Clippers are going to be battling for the eight seed, while the Atlanta Hawks and Cleveland Cavaliers are battling for the eight seed. Yeah, and those games will go down at Friday. We have Hawks and Cavs at uh, five thirty Mountain Time, and Pelicans Clippers at eight, both on uh, TNT. So um, yeah, last night. Um, I know a lot of us had picked the Hornets to win. Uh, yep. That ended up not happening. Um, not really sure where that went wrong for them. I think that they were set up for success with that game. Uh, there was no, there was no energy for the Hornets. Yeah, you know, last year when they faced the Pacers in the play-in, they after that loss they put that game up on the locker room. They put an image up in the locker room. And they're like, all right, we will not let this happen again. Well, you let it happen again. Yeah, yeah. And I'm okay with you being down twenty. That's the thing with the Clippers, or not the Clippers, the Spurs and Pelicans game. The Spurs, even though they were down between 10 to even 20 points at times in that game, they still had energy and were still trying. Yeah. I didn't see that with the Hornets. The yeah. Hornets didn't care much. Um, yeah. And last night for Charlotte, Alonzo Ball did lead the team with uh, 26 points, five rebounds, eight assists. Lamelo, 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 Alonzo, whatever. L-Ball. 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 Yeah, we'll, we'll call him that. 
People are calling him Mellow, and I just can't do that. Like, there's only one Mellow, bro. (laughs) He's number seven for the Lakers. Uh, The Spurs staff, they think that Greg Popovich is coming back. Right, at least one more year. Yeah, he should. That's such a whack way to go out if you're Pop, like, especially with the legacy that he has. I was not. I was thinking that last night, actually, like, Pop has to come back for one more year. With DeJounte Murray next year. uh, Yeah, he will. I kind of hope the Spurs get lucky in in the draft. Where the lottery plays out for them. Yeah. Uh, the Spurs are, they never rebuild like regular teams rebuild. No. You will never see them tank. They're always going to be trying to win for it. So I hope they get lucky and, and Greg Popovich can at least go out in a playoff loss, like in a series. Right. Because I do think, plan. I'm thinking three more years for Pop. Three. I really think he's, because it's his life. That's all yeah. he cares about right now. And sadly, with his wife passing away, that really did it for him where. This is his life now. Right. And that makes sense. I, I could see him coming back for three years, but... Uh, he is 73 years that's old. That's what I'm saying. He's 73 years old. How much longer does he have? Like, how old is Pete Carroll? Isn't he like in his mid-70s? He could 70. be up there. I think he's exactly 70. I mean... Is he really? Yeah. You look at, I thought he was older than that. You look at Pop. He's been the coach of the Spurs since 96. Uh, something I didn't know. Coach Pop actually went to Air Force Academy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was one of the big re- reasons for his coaching style with the Spurs way was it yep. was discipline, kind of like Bill Belichick. Yep. He's a five-time NBA champion, three-time coach of the year. He has coached the All-Star game four times, and he is the NBA leader in all-times games one. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's switch it up. So obviously we have the, the real playoffs coming up at, uh, this weekend, and we have the Nuggets – uh, Golden State. Uh, it looks like Steph is going to play. We got that news today. Mm-hmm. A little bit unfortunate, but um, also at the same time, like we are not facing a 100% healthy Warriors team. You know, there's also talks about Jamal Murray possibly coming back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. We've heard uh, that before. It sounds like Steph Curry's not like 100% yet. Otherwise, he's 100% enough for the playoffs. Yeah. Right. So hopefully the Nuggets can, I mean, but with Steph, he can shoot from anywhere. So he doesn't have to like run around to be effective. Uh, It's going to be an interesting game. I'm really excited for this, actually. I think it's going to at least go to six games. Uh, If Jamal Murray comes back, I think the the chances of the Nuggets winning are astronomically higher, even if he's in a limited Uh, role. With oh. Jamal Murray coming back, you think they're going to run away with it? I mean, they have a better chance of winning. Oh, well, yeah, there. they have a better chance of winning. Even if he's but off the bench. they're going to absolutely. No, no. I mean, They would absolutely win this first If he round. was starting and he was 100% healthy and he was in the lineup, I'd say, yeah. But we probably won't see him in game one. I don't think. Uh, no. Just, I feel like we would know about that already. Yeah. yeah I, that's to me, I have a feeling like he's going to come off the bench in the probably in the three or four game back when we're in Denver. Because if I was him, you know, that's where he tore his ACL. Like, that's where he did it in Golden State. So, do you really want your first game back to be the exact same spot? Where do you want your first game back to be in the playoffs? That's the thing. Yeah, well, that's like, not, not only are you going from not playing at all for a whole year to go, to jumping into a game that's worth so much and so much pressure is put on you right off the bat. Right. I honestly don't even think it's smart to just – have him play. Well, I think, that's high level I competition. I think as fans, we take for granted what they do on the court of how fast they are. Yeah. And the, you know, the punishment that a lot of players take. So for that kind of injury, I, I don't, 
Because people were saying it's up to him. Because right? yeah. as, as a Nugget fan, the last thing I would want to see is to see Jamal Murray even come off the bench and go out there and do a quick move. And then the first thing he does is grab his oh. knee. Would that not just like... Yeah, but you, I think you. you have to kind of ease him back into it. Like, obviously, you'd be playing at a lot higher level in the playoffs. But if you can kind of limit his role and maybe get him off the bench, maybe 10, 15, if even that, minutes for those couple of games... I think we'll see very quickly Jamal Murray get into playoff mode because we know how good of a competitor he is. Uh, we've seen what he can do in the playoffs before. Obviously, thinking back to the Clipper series in the bubble, he put on a spectacular performance. I am under the impression now that any Jamal Murray is better than no Jamal Murray. So we'll take him whatever way we can. I personally, I don't think he'll make it at least. If they make it to the second round, maybe he'll come back. But I think for the first round. And maybe he's looking at like, I don't know if they have a real good chance. Maybe if Michael Porter Jr. was healthy with the Nuggets too, maybe then he would be thinking, all right, let me try and help them because we have a real realistic chance of beating Golden State. Or what if they're instead facing Dallas with no Luka and then maybe Jamal Murray's thinking, okay, I got to go now. Yeah, uh, we heard from Tim Connolly the other day that it was basically up to him at this point. So the team is not restricting him at all, which to me is a good sign. So he is effectively medically cleared by the Nuggets staff. That's what Tim Connolly said. So it's looking like it's up to him at this point. And you have to weigh your options if you're Jamal Murray. And uh, I could see him doing either one. I, I won't really be mad either way, but it's been an entire year since we've seen Jamal Murray play basketball and I'm itching. Well, whatever happens, at least we know that he's not going to come in and uh, pull a Miles Bridges and get ejected. And yeah, let's talk about that. Mouthpiece. That was that some poor sixteen-year-old girl. Yeah. So <laughs> last night in the Hornets and uh, Hawks game, uh, Miles Bridges ended up getting ejected, and on his way out, there was a fan who stuck their arm out over the tunnel. And Miles Bridges kind of slapped it and looked up at him and gave him this sort of angry look and then continued walking back into the tunnel. Do you guys think that's a bad look? Or would a hundred percent it's a bad look? But then also as a fan, what are you thinking? Yeah, you're trying to get a high five from a dude that's pissed. Yeah, <laughs> no thanks. I mean, why would you even do that? I mean, I've seen, yeah. I've I've sat by the tu- uh, the tunnels at Nuggets games before and. You know, when guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis walk through, you see some grown men like turn into little girls like really quick. Just have some common sense, though. <laughs> yeah, just be respectful. Like players are human beings, too. Like I'm sure if you had a terrible day at work, the last thing you'd want is some knucklehead sticking his hand in your face, yelling crap at you. Like what was that one thing that Baker Mayfield said is I would love to go to somebody's cubicle and boo them all day long until see the locks crumble under pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop being dorks at sports games, guys. Like just just chill out and enjoy the game. But another stat that um I found interesting today from Stat Muse on Twitter was um the Pelicans started the year one and twelve and somehow ended up making the playoffs. This is the first time a team has won one of their first 13 matchups and made the playoffs since the 96-97 Suns. And before that, it was the 84-85 Cavs. Wow. So, yeah. It, I mean, yeah, if we're calling the play-in, the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, essentially, it's the postseason. So, yeah. Yeah. The Pelicans are one of three teams ever to start the year 1-12 and and then end up making the postseason, which yeah. I thought was super interesting. That uh, CJ McCollum trade did wonders for the team. Yeah, wow. Who would have known? I mean, we knew that the Blazers were sellers, uh, 
And New Orleans is able to capitalize off that. And like you were saying earlier, Michael, once Zion comes back, I mean, I, I'm not looking at the Pelicans the same way. No. Patrick Beverly, he was fined 30000 by the NBA for what they called egregious use of profanity <laughs> in the postgame comments to the news media and on social media about the Clippers. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, he was just having fun. <laughs> I, I mean, he did take it a little too far. But I, I don't mind seeing that. Like, you're hyped up. If yeah. I wasn't following basketball... I would honestly say he won the championship. hundred percent. Yeah, right. And <laughs> Their family Kyle was coming out. Tears were coming. It was- yep. <laughs> uh, we'll get back to this conversation after this commercial break on Unlimited Sports, part of the Go Mile High Beyond Air Network. <laughs> Hey, Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. His laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than Go Mile High Dad Camp, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today. So find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. Welcome back to the Unlimited Sports Show. You gotta be unlimited. You 
They gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. Welcome back to our second segment here. Guys, I wanted to continue the conversation of uh, the NBA and basketball because there's just so much to talk about this time of year. Um, so we talked about Miles Bridges getting ejected and then trying to slap the fan. But another crazy thing that happened that we didn't really touch on in the last two shows was uh, the infamous glue girl. That's what she's <laughs> being dubbed by uh, social media. So in the Minnesota game a couple nights ago against the Clippers, um, a woman ran out onto the court with some glue in her hand and tried to glue herself to the court. I don't really know what she thought that was going to accomplish, but we have some new information coming out about what she was protesting. So if you zoom in on the picture from a certain angle, you can see that her shirt says Glenn Taylor roasts animals alive. And uh, Glenn Taylor would be the former owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I read owns a uh, chicken processing plant. So the funny part, the funniest part about this to me is that Glenn Taylor no longer owns the Timberwolves. Yeah. So why he sold them to a group, including Alex Rodriguez, over 265 days ago. Yeah, it's just an out of touch person. <laughs> so she, yeah, maybe a little out of touch. Like, okay, animals, okay, you don't want them to. And what game was this? It was a Minnesota and uh, Clippers game a couple oh, nights I ago. I'm thinking that she had been planning this for quite some time, but <laughs> due to the pandemic, she had to wait. Yeah. So by the time she like did it, she like, forgot that the dude was no longer. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the woman was identified as Alicia Centurio and was quickly given the moniker Glue Girl on social media. Uh, nobody was hurt. Nothing happened. And chickens are still being killed. So <laughs> I don't know what she set to accomplish, uh, but she is now a meme forever. I'm, when I say this, I, I don't mean anything against people that you know don't like to eat meat. But well, yeah. when you're doing that at an NBA court where I bet you – at least 99% of those people there are probably eating, you know, maybe a <laughs> burger or some chicken tenders. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I don't think you're getting the word, especially sports fans. It's, because almost, really, uh, it's that, almost like the complete opposite of what you're trying to accomplish. Because right. then it's like you're going to make the everybody in there mad. So what are they going to do yeah. and find the best way to get back at you? You're like, oh, she put me in the mood for some chicken. Yeah, you know there was somebody out there who went <laughs> ate an extra medium rare steak just for her. <laughs> But yeah, um, you're, never you, gonna, girl, you're never going to making yourself look like a dork like that. Uh, I don't know if that was worth it because now she will forever be known as the glue girl. Yeah. Try something else to get your point across. But you're never going to have people change their mind like that. No. You know? And no. like that's kind of like the people who go to, you know, fashion shows on the runway and throw buckets of fake blood on people wearing fur oh, coats. Oh my gosh. Like they probably just went out and bought another coat, maybe two. No, you want to know what one ticks me off the most? When the people about global warming and they sit on the roads so people you're only making it worse <laughs> with the the cars just running just yes, making yeah, now they're not even getting to the point or the people that have to get to a hospital or have something important to do yeah just to clog up traffic just to <laughs> sit there oh that ticks me off yeah, yeah. to me <laughs> i i still can't get over the fact that he's not even the owner of the timberwolves anymore that just made it so much funnier and we have confirmed that um, Glenn Taylor is in the uh, poultry business. So he does have He's sort probably of going to open up another one after this. Right. He'll name it after her. How oh, funny man. would that be? So thanks for getting my name out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, just shout out to all she'll, the chickens out there. She'll never get to go to a game again. Right. She's probably banned now forever. You want to know who else is a chicken? Ben Simmons. And yeah. they're yeah. talking about him returning to the Celtics series. He has yet to play since June 20th of last year. He's been having the mental health issues, back issues. I thought he had a bad back. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like the disc out of place. So why are you going to drop him, especially in the playoffs of a series versus Celtics and Nets? And you know what I would do if I'm the Celtics and I see him on the court? I am doubling Kyrie and KD every single possession. And I'm going, all right, Ben, you show me who you are. Show me what you got. (laughs) <laughs> shoot it in the rage of a Sixers fan built up but nothing yeah. personal <laughs> no, sure it's not. Nothing so personal. yeah uh, targeting a game four or five return uh, what if it doesn't go to five games I, <laughs> I think it will I think it'll I mean, go to yeah, six or but seven what, what is that target what what is that about was that sort of like a personal goal for him like X amount of days was I have it, no clue yeah. they asked Steve Nash and he said look it's up to Ben it's up to his back yeah, we I don't, don't think Steve Nash knows anything about what's going no, on in Ben doesn't. Simmons. But I don't think anybody does because Ben's no. not telling the team because he's not really with the team. He only sets there up half court and then when he does his practicing, he does it with his personal trainer and his rehab guy. The thing about me for Ben Simmons is I don't think he's being honest with himself and with us. Like, no, clue. it would be one thing to say, you know what? I'm struggling. I have these mental health issues. I'm not fully comfortable with coming back. And I think a lot of people would accept that. But this constant state of like purgatory that he's in, that he put himself in just seems like one of the most awkward positions any NBA player has ever been in. The thing with the mental health that's interesting to me. And I don't want to say he's faking it because you don't never want to say that about someone who says they're having. Oh, yeah. issues. But the thing that's curious is that it, he came out right away saying that he has mental health issues when they stopped paying him. Mm. So I don't know. That is makes that like it, a way to like, maybe so he would still get paid something. He would still get paid. Yeah. He, that I, I because believe in he a way it would be an injury. He racked up a bunch of fines. I think it was like, yeah. 10, and so now he's 20. filing a grievance. Okay. Trying to get that money back. <laughs> so that's smart. I mean, if you're PR, that sounds like a PR person made that up. Like, okay, oh, yeah. we're just telling me of mental. So he could not have, but we don't really know. And it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, but yeah, just, it's done now. He's on a new team. Yeah. And we'll see how he plays. Like if he comes out and just starts lighting everybody up and doing what Ben Simmons of old was capable of doing, like we'll look like the dorks for laughing at it. But I think he can either make or break his entire reputation with how he chooses to come back, when he chooses to come back, and what he ends up doing in that game. Yeah, but the thing he doesn't want to do is keep keep toying with the fans because, yeah, Sixer fans, they can be awful. But Nets fans, that's New York media stuff. What fans? Well, I mean, there are some Nets fans, but... A couple... <laughs> Uh, maybe four. They can turn on turn on him quick if he doesn't be careful here. I think that there's a separation when it comes to the Knicks and the Nets because the Nets, like they were in New, they've only been in Brooklyn for ten years. But even then, I don't feel like they have the same like passionate New York kind of fan base that even teams like the Jets and the Giants have. Well, I'm telling you, I'm sure a bunch of Knicks fans became Nets fans. Maybe. I mean, I don't no, know. no, I see that because like. That's what happens when you got more than one team in your state, you know? You have to choose. Yeah. Because one team starts doing bad, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to go be a, a Giants fan. Oh, they're not doing good. Well, and the Knicks have be been bad fan. for all. Yeah. For so many years. For so long. So, I could see a bunch of, you know, fans churning. 
Just because of James Dolan and the ownership. Absolutely. Yeah, the yeah. Knicks are the Knicks. They're going to continue to do Nick things. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it's better for the NBA when Ben comes back. Like, if he, well, if yeah. he's, I, I think it would just he's be better for He is. So it's best to have your best product out on the court. I wonder how the people on the Nets feel. Like, I wonder if they're mad. Like, if, if he wasn't uh, even participating confused. with the team. That's the weird part to me. It's like he's not doing the drills with them. He's not warming up with them before games. He's doing this one-on-one with his own like private personal training staff. I'll tell you who is not shocked is Drummond and Curry. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, this is, this is the huge guys. Yeah. Like, why are you getting upset? I don't know. KD said that he's fully expecting Ben not to play because he doesn't want to put pressure on Ben. He's going to play these playoffs like he's not coming. Yeah, and yeah. when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, if they're dominant enough, you won't even need him. So, yeah, that's going to be an insane series, Celtics uh, Nets. It's gonna be I'm ready close. for it, man. I think it's going to be that's funny. the series I'm looking forward to. That's going to be a good one. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, that'll go deep. You know, maybe six or seven games. I could see that happening. To me, that's the most even matchup. Yeah, I could see. Um, so, what do you guys think needs to happen for? Kevin Durant and Kyrie to beat this Celtics team. It's going to be the bench. Yeah. It's going to be all they're going to need help because you see what happened when they were playing Cleveland. Yeah. KD and Kyrie go on the bench. Well, Cleveland, they came back. Mm -hmm. We saw that and and he had to bring them back out. So it's going to be the bench. It's going to be Drummond, Curry, uh, Delhi guys on the bench. Can't really. Drogic, he's supposed to be available. Yeah, Curry can like you know make some of those plays um, from behind the arc and help him you know get ahead off the bench. So I, I feel like they have a good chance in this one. But then again, it is the Celtics who were the number one seed at one point in this season. So it's the Celtics are a crazy team, man. Like I feel like they might underperform. The like, one team I feel like people aren't talking about though enough is Miami. Mm. They're the number one seed. Yeah, uh, I know they've kind of. They're just going to dominate this round. Oh, I, yeah. I feel like that's whoever they play. Atlanta or Cleveland. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Miami's taking that one easily. Yeah. I don't well, that's know. how it. Uh, I mean, that's why they're the one seed. I and then that's why they're going to be the eight seed. I wouldn't mind seeing Miami get knocked off. I think they, they're a little too comfy up there at the top. <laughs> uh, I could see. I don't know. If there is an upset to be had, you know. I'm, I think Toronto could upset. 100%. That's, but we don't know who the Heat are playing at also is the other thing. So I think that if there is an upset that's going to happen in the playoffs, I'm picking either the Nuggets or the Raptors to make a big upset. I got uh, Raptors. It's The Raptors defend Joel and beat the best. Yeah. He's still going to get his. He's still going to get 30, but uh, they defend him the best. And then no Matisse Thibel in Toronto. That's yep. going to hurt. He's their best defender. And James Harden is inconsistent. He says that he feels no pressure this year in the playoffs. He's just going to play his game, but I'm feeling it. I think he should. Don't forget that the Nuggets have a winning record over the Golden State Warriors this yes, year. Yes, sir, they so, do. We'll Love see how that, that goes. Picture of Monte Morris hitting one over Steph Curry's head. All right, Woo. we will be back after this break on the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com. <laughs>
sad that your favorite fast food chain got rid of your Mexican pizza? I'm so broken. Well, forget them and come get some tasty, authentic Mexican food at Taco Star. I highly recommend getting the carne asada burrito and make sure you get some of that extra green hot sauce. Taco Star, open 24-7. Tired of that raggedy old shirt you keep telling yourself is your favorite? Um, I guess. Well, come to Spencer's Gifts for your new favorite shirt. Right now, buy one shirt, get a second one half off, and you could be looking as fresh as our fake poop. Spencer's Gifts. Check us out online. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. His laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands in Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. This is the Unlimited Sports Talk Radio Show, where we talk unlimited sports on Go Mile High Radio. And we are back once again. Guys, how about those abs last time? How huh? about them? Yeesh! Woo-wee! Nine runs. <laughs> nine goals? Nine touchdowns? Nine, nine scores? Nine yeah. goals. They won nine two. All right. They beat the LA three. Kings nine to two. Nine three. Nine three. Nine three. Oh, they scored a garbage time goal. Uh, Nathan McCannon recorded the hat trick. Uh, two other Avalanche had two goals. Hunter and uh, Eric, what do you guys think about that last night? It was great, man. I loved like looking at my phone every ten seconds and just seeing it go off another score notification. You know, I'm, I'm just excited for this team, man. They're they're leading the NHL in points, man. They're number one. 
Like, and 53 wins. That's a new franchise record. New, yeah, new franchise record already. 53 wins. With still, how, what did we say, six, seven games left to go? I believe they have nine games left. Ooh, wow. And against an L.A. team, that's a bonus. Exactly. Yeah, and man. that team might be the team they may play in the first round of the playoffs, too. How no, degrading really is that? Wow. Thinking you have a chance to make it into the playoffs, and then the one team you might have to play in the first round puts you down nine to three. Got the New Jersey Devils tonight, seven o'clock. Yeah, um, I think it was great for the team. They needed it. They, you know, it's been a while since you've seen the offense explode like that. They've obviously been winning games. They've been finding ways to pull wins out, but it's been one goal wins, two goal wins, overtime wins, and it's kind of unusual for a team that is as fast and explosive on offense as the Avs are. But their defense is coming around. They're starting to click. Manson's starting to fit in really well. Um, they just got. They just signed that guy from Minnesota, Minnesota you University. Can still sign players to your roster. This oh yeah, deep yep. in the season. Yep. What? See, yeah. The, the hockey works in such weird ways. Like you can have a player who's in college, currently still on a hockey team, just come up and play in the playoffs. Like that's what? when you know you're good. Yeah, and <laughs> it's crazy because they actually. So they just signed the guy from Minnesota who was the captain, and then they just signed a guy from Minnesota State who was also their captain. What? So the fact that they're able to get these guys in an already stacked team is very surprising. And I read uh, an article saying that they actually um, beat out the Minnesota Wild for um, that one of those players from Minnesota. He was saying about you know staying Signing with them. What yeah, is staying the, in Minnesota playing what is, for the Wild, and he ended up coming to the Abs instead. What nice. is the process for that? Like, so are they free agents? Do they sign them? Like, how how can you sign a player that currently plays at a college onto an NHL roster? So they're seniors, and they were not drafted last year. So technically, yes, they are. Free and the agents. season's over right now. Oh, yeah, the, the college, season college season is over. Season is over. Just yeah, finished. It ended. DU just won the national championship. Do you? Is that just like a crazy jump going from being in college to just suddenly being in the NHL playoffs in like a span of less than a couple months? Kale McCard went when he came into the league in 2019. He played the national championship game with UMass. Yep. Then I think it was two days later, he ended up what? playing with the Colorado Avalanche in Calgary in a playoff game against his home team in the Calgary Flames as and a ended rookie. up scoring a goal. As, as a rookie, rookie, yes. I have a question. With last night's Avs games, there was discussion of Chick-fil-A. What's with that? What? Um, so <laughs> Josh Manson used to play for the Anaheim Ducks and the Avs acquired him at the trade deadline. And he was saying on the bench last night that in Anaheim, when the team would score more than six goals, I believe, six or seven goals, Chick-fil-A would give the fans in the stadium free meals. Thank you. And so he was saying he was saying because the Avs have scored seven or more goals like six times this year, seven times this year, (laughs) he was saying the Avs fans would be chickened out. So it's kind of like the Rockies with tacos. Yeah. Man, second time chickens come up in this show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah glue girl glue girl no i'm kind of happy with the abs where they're headed um you know darcy camper i feel like came along uh, i feel like early on in the year he kind of struggled at times but um even you know a- any issues with kemper i mean we have a solid starter we can look at in uh francoise 
And, you know, this team's really, you know, on the up and up. The only thing I'm concerned about is going into next year, I think we might lose Nazem Kadri. And he's been a huge part of this team, especially lose, this year. Sadly, we're going to lose quite a few. We're guys. probably going to. So this is why I, this year. Cup or bust. It's got to yeah. be the Stanley we're, Cup or bust. We're probably going to lose Kadri, especially with the year he's having this year. The fact that he's top six in points right. in the entire NHL. Um, we're probably going to lose Andre Burakovsky Ugh. because he's been more than solid for us since we've gotten him from the Capitals, which was an amazing find for Joe Sackick because he was just wasting his career away on that third line over there. On I feel like Sackick can, can pull some moves. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not worried, though. Like, you know, yeah, we may and, lose these guys. And but we have depth. He knows how to draft. Exactly. He, he, like, we can definitely make some trades for some guys. It's just... We're going to have to pay McKinnon soon. McKinnon's contract is coming up. Darcy Kemper is, uh, I think, on his last year of his contract that he's on. Yep. And obviously, yeah. you're going to want to keep a guy like Kemper who has got you 35 wins as a goalie um, throughout this season. So, I think, yes, money's going to be an issue for us next year. But I think that some of the guys that we have, you know, we've already re-signed Kale. We've already re-signed yes, we got their solid Gabe. guys. We've already got Miko like two years ago. So... Our top line is going to be set, and I think finding depth scoring is what Joe Sackick is the best at. He's so, already proven that he can do it. I think so he's we'll like the fine. best GM out of all of our sports teams here. Oh, I agree. Tim Connolly. I think he's better than Jim, Tim Connolly. Yeah, Yaz literally went from the worst season ever by an NHL team yep. in 42 Dude. points when? in 2018. 2018, they had the worst team ever? To one of the best teams they've ever had in franchise history Dang. in about a five-year span. So well, I think Joe Sackick shout out did. to Joe Sackick, man. Yeah, think yeah. about all the teams that we've had before to get to a 53-win team. You know, we've had the days of Sackick and Forsberg and uh, Patrick Waugh. Yeah. You know, that the fact that we made it to 53 wins this year, that that's incredible. Yeah, so is there anybody in the – Western conference that you guys could see maybe making a run at the apps. If it's it, to be honest up. in the, in the Stanley cup, if it's not the abs and Florida Panthers, cause the Florida yeah, Panthers they're, they're probably the next ahead. best team that I would, I would think that would come close to beating them. But out of anybody else, man, no, I, I don't see anybody. So it's looking like an abs Panthers Stanley cup is what most people are saying. Huh? Yeah. yeah the um, top two teams in the NHL. I think anything can happen. Isn't that a rematch of like 96? Yeah. 95, 96. Yeah. When Florida had a hockey First year of the Avalanche. Yeah. Came to Colorado. They won it that year. And I think they went to six games in that series. But I know that it was a really good series. I know there was a game in that series where the Panthers were up like 6 nothing, 5 nothing, And the Avs ended up coming back and winning that what? game. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was pretty crazy. But in the Western Conference, I really don't think there is a team that – can compete in seven games against the Avs. You take a look at the Wild. The Wild are a pretty solid team. Yeah, they're right. in second place behind the Avs. And the they beat the Avs in the playoffs. They're currently ago, seventh in the power rankings. Ago. Yeah, yeah not too long ago. The and the Avs were actually the number one seed too. In the oh, no. it was the first round, and the Wild knocked them out. Well, but hopefully, the Avs. I mean, they're on paper. I mean, there's nothing that can stop them. Is what it seems like. So. Hopefully, the Avs can carry that success into the postseason and not do what they are known to do and uh, get eliminated. Just in the get second past round. that second round. They just got to get past that second round. Is there yeah. three rounds? Yes, that's usually three rounds. Okay. And then the championship. Yeah, and I mean, you take a look at what they did last night, putting up nine goals. 
two guys had two goals. McKinnon had the hat trick. Makar had a goal. And they did it all without Landeskog and Kadri, two of their top five scores. Exactly, wow. man. So, like, I feel like that they can, you know, beat any team out there. The yeah. hockey names are always so interesting to me. Right? Yeah. Sounds like you guys are, like, speaking another language. Kadri and... Kadri, Sakic, Rantanen and Makar. I like Kale McCarr. Although all hail Very. Kale might win, you know, MVP this year. Does that not wow. sound like the most Canadian name of all time? Kale McCarr. Gail McCarr. Hey, is that Kale McCarr walking down the street Kale there? McCarr. But yeah, no, I mean, you, you look at the team. McCarr's one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win the Norris Trophy as the best defenseman. Uh, Kemper's entering the top three talks for the Vizina, Viz, Vezna Trophy for Vezna. Best, best goalie in the league. You have McKinnon, who's putting up 80 points in 53 games. So it's it's kind of ridiculous how stacked this team actually is if you take a look at it. Like, yes, they're winning these games, but the fact that they're able to win these games with the amount of injuries that they've had throughout the year and the kind of the question mark at the goalie spot is is just a mind blowing in my opinion. Right. And I mean, like there's another uh, one that you need to look out for is the Golden Knights um, possibly trying to squeeze into the postseason as the season comes to an end. You know, they might be able to pull something off. And uh, sneak their way in. But uh, I hope the Avs just find their way to get to them and just get our revenge. Because that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's actually going to be more so if they can find a way in. Because everything is pointing towards them being out right now. And it is not looking good for the Vegas Golden Knights. Which is a surprise because they kind of have the same roster that they did last year. But they didn't really make many changes. Absolutely. Are they one of the most successful expansion teams of all time? Probably. I mean, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first season. I was wondering how that happened because usually when you see an expansion team in all sports, there's usually a, a feeling of mediocrity associated with them. And then you look at the Seattle Kraken this year, they're second to last in the standings. So, so it's different with hockey because with Golden the Golden uh, Golden Knights, they, they made it – they won the championship their first year and same with the Avalanche. So it's oh, kind of weird Well, like that. I mean, I guess the Avs were already a team – though they weren't they were the nordiques right yes i mean they sure put a lot of pressure on seattle Jeez. yeah right it's like all right expanded team we're expecting the same i don't know what grubauer a lot thinking. of people are expecting that too all right when we come back we will discuss the broncos and a lot of other stuff so uh stay tuned with us on the unlimited sports show go milehigh.com <laughs> Hey, Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show Hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it, too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this 
great experience working in college radio makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sites, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. His laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands in Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today. So find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. This is the Unlimited Sports Show. It's where you get all the unlimited sports information you need. Breathing is hard. Bear tested. Somebody stop Look that out, man. And we are back. Here uh, about halfway through our show. Uh, guys, let's talk about the Broncos. Everybody's favorite subject. Uh, OTAs are still going on. And some good news coming in terms of the uh, looming sale of the Broncos. Uh, there, there was that disagreement they had with that guy, Ed Kaiser, founder of Kaiser Permanente, who <laughs> Pat Bolin purchased the Broncos from back in 1983. And apparently they had a deal under the table, sort of a handshake gentleman's agreement on a right of first refusal, meaning that once Pat Bowen inevitably sold the team, the Kaiser family would get a chance to buy it back. And that ended up not going through. So the path is cleared for the Broncos to be sold. Guys, what do you think about this? Well, I've heard a lot of names, um, a lot of gimmicky names more than anything about who might be able to, you know, take over the team. Um, and I'm hoping that it's not going to be, you know, some celebrity name. Like, to be honest, I think it's going to be somebody that nobody expected to buy the Broncos. That's what I think is going to happen. But as far as picking somebody who's going to take who's going to buy the team, I'm not sure. It's Wait. looking right now like it is the Walton family. Oh, yeah. yeah the Walton Walmart. family threw their hats in. And you'll, you'll always get those celebrity names thrown out there because NFL is the juggernaut sport of the U.S. And it's not very often that you have a team go up for sale, especially one especially that's, like the that's like the Broncos. Exactly. Yeah. And 
obviously we know about Walmart. Uh, they are the richest family in America by a lot. Yeah, I saw something the other day saying that um, if he, if that Walton family becomes the owner of the Broncos, they would be the richest owners in all of the NFL, blowing the next person out of the water. They said his net worth is seventy billion, Jeepers. and the next closest to them to him would be sixteen point two billion. Is that Jerry Jones or somebody? I think it was. I yeah, I know. think it was Jerry Jones. That's incredible. Um, you know, if if they're all passionate about football, I'm all for it. Yeah, but if they just want to own the team, just to own the team. That's the main thing. Having an owner that cares. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of those people who are talking about, oh, we need the richest guy possible to get a new stadium. Which well, is this is your guy. It's not going to be Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Bill Gates or any of those guys. It's going to be the Walmart family. Well, Elon Musk is looking to buy Twitter, so he should stick to the uh, spaceships and cars. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's going out to space. Don't you think he's like concerned about other things? <laughs> yeah, he should put be. the stadium in space. Exactly. Dude, you guys see Russell Wilson's uh, new home that he purchased in Cherry Hills? No, no I did not. It is insane. Oh, God. But the one thing I'm confused about, it has four bedrooms, but 12 bathrooms. <laughs> That's not four. enough bedroom to bathroom ratio. How many it's of those odd. are like other yeah. rooms that they don't count as bedrooms? I, like who built 12 that bathrooms? Somebody who had like yeah, a... 12 bathrooms. What has it called? Plumber. It's got a pool, game room, home theater, and a nine-car garage. Nine Did you cars. see the profit he got off of his Seattle home? Uh-oh. He bought that Seattle home when he started there in 2010 for like $4.3 million, and he sold it for like $28 million? Yeah. $36 million. $36 million. What do you think Drew And that Rock one had seven bathrooms. He upgraded. He went from seven bathrooms to 12 bathrooms. Congratulations. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Maybe he's got a bladder problem. What's that little Wayne line? Dude, you can 10 bathrooms. Whatever like bathroom. All like day. a new bathroom throughout the whole day and still have half left. You could literally <laughs> yeah. use a different bathroom for two yeah. weeks. If you've ever been to Cherry Hills, you know kind of what you're dealing with. Uh, it's definitely the nicest area oh, I've ever been in my life. Uh, I one time did a delivery there and I pulled up to the driveway and it, I'm not even kidding. It took me a solid two minutes to get from the front to the from the front of the driveway to the top of the house. I know I, I get exhausted, but it's nice having Russell Wilson be my neighbor. <laughs> I knew you were from one of those neighborhoods. <laughs> Michael looks like I knew it. Yeah, yeah, that whole lawyer Seems thing you were saying. Seems Seems about white. That makes, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I only have nine bathrooms. Damn. No wonder you're so jealous sad about, for you, bro. so pressed about the 14. It's hard growing up in a home with less than 10 bathrooms. <laughs> you curse your parents out for having an odd number of bathrooms at your home. Yeah. Yeah. And then 10. Oh, you yelled at the nanny because your parents are never home, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know my parents. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Michigan. But um, it's true. So uh, some other news from uh, Broncos OTAs today. We had an opportunity to hear from Bradley Chubb and Garrett Bowles. And uh, Garrett Bowles has had his fair share of ups and downs, let's say, in the league. Uh, he led the league a couple years in a row in holding penalties. <laughs> I was at one of those games where he was getting booed. <laughs> mercilessly like i've never seen denver so close to philly booing their own players was, before was that the game where the ref felt so bad about calling another yeah then he and they called stopped. it on ronald leary and yeah he just kind of gave up it was like <laughs> sound like six or something ridiculous <laughs> like geez but garrett bowles is getting paid uh he's on that big contract uh, and he's turned it around uh the year after that he made second team all pro 
which is no joke, especially for uh, a guy in his position, right? Yeah, left tackles are not, uh, not an easy task. To play yeah, no, though. not at all. So, uh, but there was kind of a funny moment today in the midst of a serious conversation from Garrett Bowles today. I believe we have the audio. So let's check that out. Better. Um, I know you all roused me over the years, and I appreciate that because it's made me who I am today. Um, you know, I went from probably one of the most hated players here to now everybody loves me, um, and that's and that's cool, man. I, I take I take pride in that because that's how my life has always been. Um, I've never been a kid where I've just grown up and. You know, everything's pretty on, and the grass is green, and the cows are chirping, and the you know, movement, and chickens, whatever. I, I didn't grow up like that. I grew up where, you know, I, I came from the mud, and I had to realize real fast who I wanted to become, and who I was, and what I needed to do. So, um, I think, you know, over the years, I've learned a lot about myself. I learned, my, I learned that, you know, the way that you live your life off the field is the way you play on the field. And I think that's important for a young player to understand that you need to know who you are as a person because this league moves so fast and you really have to focus on yourself at the same time, focus on your teammates and, you know, take what you, you know, every person is going to have, this is what works for them. And sometimes you just have to close and find out what works for you. And when you find out yourself and the identity of yourself is when people are going to start respecting you. And I think that's what I've done. Um, like I said, um, my track being in the NFL hasn't been easy. I, I take full responsibility of everything that's came my way, but at the same time, I feel very comfortable. Um, I feel like I am becoming that leader of this team, one of the leaders of this team. We have a lot of great leaders, and I, you know, just picking the brain for us and understand what a, what a leader is, and, and you know, reading books and finding the best leaders, you know, in sports, and just trying to find my way with them. And it's just I'm really looking forward to it. Um, okay, so what a beautiful voice. <laughs> yeah. All right. The first thing that I noticed when I heard that is, does Garrett Bowles have like such a deep voice, dude? Like he does have a deep he's voice. He's got that baritone. I, and if you look at him and then hear him talk, it's kind of like a bit of cognitive dissonance because <laughs> he does not sound the way he looks. But the other funny thing, obviously, that everybody's been talking about is he said uh, came from the mud, obviously, where the uh, cows are chirping and the chickens are moving. Mm. <laughs> Chickens. So I didn't know cows could chirp. Uh, I didn't know chickens could move. But um, <laughs> so what do you guys think Garrett Bowles has to prove with uh, the Broncos? At least not to give up a sack or a holding penalty on the first call. Because if you're going to say, Russell Wilson, you ain't going to get touched. Yeah. You definitely do not want that first play. We're in the first game. But oh, he's got to treat Russell Wilson like that's his younger brother. He's got to protect him like none other, man. Because... I don't know what it was. It must have been, you know, the fact that there was no crowds in that year where he played like damn near flawless and he <laughs> had no holding penalties. He didn't even allow a sack. And then this past year, man, you, you saw that, you know, him starting to commit those holds again and started getting to him. Yeah. Um, Garrett Bowles is an interesting case because left, a solid left tackle like that, especially one that makes one of the all pro teams is incredibly hard to find in today's NFL. Um, I am rooting for Garrett Bowles, not because he's the sort of left tackle protector of Russ Wilson on my team, but I think he has a good story, you know, coming from like all those boos that I heard myself in person, <laughs> uh, like that was crazy. Like I've never heard a Denver sports team boo one of their own players that much and that aggressively. And it was kind of justified because when you have a game like that, like that's kind of ridiculous. I, I, hold on. I do remember booing Tim Tebow. 
in a game against uh, the Patriots a couple of years ago. <laughs> so I pretty I booed him pretty hard. Well, I think the reason why fans were so pressed about him was because he came out of college as like one of the top prospects. We took him with like a top ten pick in yep. the draft. Yep. So it's when you put that much into a player and you expect so much out of him, I can also kind of understand where he's coming from where it's, you know, he he's a rookie, he's young, he's still learning. And at that time we didn't really have that good of an offensive line. We were still kind of trying to figure out what we were going to do f- as a team. We we were lost by yeah. without repair. There was a lot that needed to be done. And then I think once Mike Munchak came in and kind of made that offensive line what they are now i think he kind of figured out what he needed to do not only as a player on the field but off the field as well for his off-season workouts and stuff like that too so i think the broncos figured it out that way bringing in mike munchak i think they kind of understood that the offensive line was what they needed and they had something with garrett Bowles. they just needed to unlock it yeah, and the offensive line this year is going to be more of a priority than it has been any other year since Peyton was here. Um, we need to get Russ protected. Uh, he needs to be able to do Russ things, which is be mobile and run a little bit and kind of check Extend his options. Those plays. Yeah, bro, we need to we need to make those plays a little bit longer. And from what Garrett Bowles is saying, he's going to be the captain, so to speak, of this offensive line and try and hold the team up to those standards and. If you're talking about Russ, like one of the biggest problems that he faced in Seattle was his lack of a sort of competent offensive line. I mean, he was getting sacked all the time. He broke his thumb on a sack like that. And that was always one of the biggest things that Seattle fans were clamoring for was, hey, we need to get Russ some help. We need to get Russ some help. And now I think he's finally in a position where he does have the help. And it's going to be a real testament to not only Russ, but the O-line to see how much more that can improve. Because if it can improve even more than slightly, then I think Russ is going to throw for 30 touchdowns. Well, mm-hmm. it's also going to be tough for the offensive line, too. It's going to be one of their biggest challenges because you take a look at what the AFC West has done throughout free agency this year. And the signings that the Raiders made with extending Max Crosby and getting Chandler Jones and then the Chargers trade for Khalil Mack with Joey Bosa on the other side. It's really going to be a tough, tough year for the AFC West and the offensive lines. But to see how they can compete and go up against each other two times a year, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch too. Yeah. And I really think the offensive line is going to be the thing to watch on this Broncos offense because we know what Javante Williams is capable of. We know what Cortland Sutton is capable of. We know what Tim Patrick is capable of. So once we get that solidified, I think we're going to see the best version of Russ. All right, more football coming up next on the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com. <laughs> You know, it's been a long week. So why would you waste your valuable time with the same boring, tasteless beer your daddy used to buy? You're a person of conviction, a wise soul, a go-getter. And there's only one unique beer made specifically for the likes of you. Go ahead, open your fridge. Surprise, surprise. There's a blue moon waiting for you. (laughs) 
New Moon is brewed with fresh Valencia orange peel that gives that unique flavor unmatched to all others. Blue Moon is best enjoyed after a long work week during the game or with your friends and loved ones. So no matter how you drink your Blue Moon, always remember there's brighter days ahead. Want to know what's good on the Mile High Hip Hop scene? Well then come on down to Cervantes Masterpiece Ballroom on September 26th. Trev Rich highlights the venue as the start of his Walk on Water tour with Kayla Ray, AP, Misfits, and 100 Pack Savvy. Hip Hop is alive and well in Denver. Come check out all the sweet sounds of Kayla Ray. The dope rhymes of AP. We still trapping. Money in the city is a big map. Money on the phone, you should get that. I know some real niggas that'll feel that. Know a lot of niggas that'll do the most. And the Grammy winner himself, Trev Rich, for one night only. But with somebody that we gotta do a wrong call, just hoping they loud off. It's an evil world we live in. Got me scared for the future, but my girl wants children. Support your local artists. That's the Cervantes Masterpiece Ballroom on September 26th. Tickets available now on Ticketmaster. Are you feeling droggy or tired? Needing motivation or inspiration? Oh, yeah. Want to go to that party or need a workout? Oh, yeah. Well, then you need a bang. bang. This is not your average energy drink. Bang is a revolutionary drink that combines essential amino acids with clean ingredients and 300 milligrams of caffeine for a good-for-you fuel to last you all day. With over 40 different flavors, there's a bang for everyone. Bang energy drinks. Fuel your destiny. Live from Ball Arena for one night only, it's KRS One. Tickets available online. You can get a chance to listen to some of his greatest hits from Criminal Minded and so much more. Show starts at 7 p.m. on September 12th, live at Ball Arena. Show out for the Blastmaster KRS One. Welcome back to the Unlimited Sports Show. You gotta be unlimited. You gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. And we are back here on the Unlimited. That's right, Unlimited Sports Show. So, guys, uh, continuing our talk about the NFL, uh, there was a couple of uh, three deals actually signed today. Uh, The most notable being Sammy Watkins, a one-year, four million dollar deal with the Packers. So, uh, a strong uh, Devontae Adams replacement is in line in Green Bay. None other than Sammy Watkins. Congrats, Aaron Rodgers. You now can throw to Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and Amari Rodgers. Does that not sound like a championship team? Sounds like a boy band from the 90s. Uh, Dude, it's. I mean, he's missed thirty games in the past seven seasons. Listen, Sammy Watkins is two seasons, two bad seasons away from being a draft bust. Absolutely, yeah. He is. He was drafted in the first round. He was projected to be one of the best wide receivers for the Bills, and that dude never cut it out. Like he had one, one had or one two good, good seasons. I thought he had a couple good seasons. Maybe he had two good seasons. I know I he had a good season had, with with had, Kansas City. He had one year where oh, he, one year uh, with Buffalo over one thousand yards. Yes, I forgot. Yeah, he that's what it was. him a bust already. I'm calling him a bust already. Man, he's been around for a while. Yeah, I call him a bust. I don't know. I'm curious to see if Green Bay is going to draft a wide receiver. The last time they drafted a wide receiver is 2002. And that was Javon Walker. That's wow. So 
Uh, one thing I forgot former is former Denver Bronco great. Yeah, Denver Broncos legend. <laughs> uh, he actually played with Baltimore last year, which I didn't remember at all. I thought he was still with the Chiefs. Uh, didn't he have that one great year to start the year off? Uh, he had a great game. He played yeah, from, with the Chiefs. Well, yeah. He yeah. played in Buffalo from 2014 to 2016, the Rams in 2017, Kansas City from 2018 to 2020, and Baltimore last year. Now with the Packers. Uh, he did win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. With the Chiefs. That's right. He was part of that championship team. But he also hasn't played a full season yeah. since his 2014 rookie year. Yep. So um, if you're Sammy Watkins, I think that's a good place to go. You're going to get the ball, yeah. obviously. Um, but from a Green Bay standpoint, that is a definite downgrade from Devontae Adams. Yeah, but here's the thing. $4 million is all they can afford with Aaron yeah. Rodgers' deal. Yeah. This exactly. is the position they're in. Yeah, what if great. the Green Bay Packers somehow manage a trade for DK Metcalf? Ooh. Would you like me throwing that one in there? I Maybe. I mean, do they have? what do they have to give up? Do They have? They would have to give up somebody with a big pick. contract and a first-round pick. I mean, I don't even know who would offset that contract. They could barely clear cap space to re-sign Aaron Rodgers, and then DK's looking for a new contract? Yeah. Might as well just pay Devontae Adams at that yeah, point. Yeah, sure. So a couple other of the deals getting done today was uh, AJ Green returns to the Cardinals on a one-year deal, and Geno Smith returns to the Seahawks on a one-year deal. Guys, these are league-shattering moves. What do you think? <laughs> I, I feel like the, AJ Green was kind of upset that he wasn't part of that Bengals team that went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it was right? like first year out from from not playing on that team oh. and then watching them go to the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure he was upset about that. Yeah, I'm happy for AJ Green. I liked AJ Green for a while there, man. Him and Andy Dalton, like that was a combo for the a minute. Red Rocket. The Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. I mean, he finished 2021 with 848 yards and three touchdowns on 54 catches. That's not bad. At the beginning of the year, he was kind of they didn't get the ball enough to him. Cliff Crinsbury even said that uh, that we didn't do enough good enough job doing that. So in like you know the later part of the season, well, with Christian Kirk going to the Jaguars now, I'm sure he will have a much better opportunity to get the ball. From if it's Kyler Murray. Yeah, who knows if it'll be Kyler if Murray. It's Kyler Murray. All right, that actually brings us into the second thing I wanted to talk about. So reports out of Arizona today, the Cardinals have yet to make a contract offer to Pro Bowl quarterback Kyler Murray, whose agent, Eric Burnthart, has informed team the team that he is pulling his opening proposed offer off the table. Uh uh, Arizona insists they are not going to trade Kyler Murray, but other teams are, quote, monitoring the situation. That is from Tom Pelissero on Twitter. So, guys, we talked a little bit maybe last week or the week before about the uncertainty of Kyler Murray. You know, he wiped all the Cardinal stuff from his Instagram and Twitter like one does. Uh, and now we're hearing that it is reaching a breaking point. So, I have two questions. Uh, one of them would be, what should the Cardinals demand in return if inevitably Kyler Murray does not wish to return to Arizona? And number two, who would be the best fit if Arizona did decide to make that move? I don't. I think <laughs> I think Arizona has to do all that they can to keep him. Yes, yeah, Arizona's in win now mode. Make him the highest paid quarterback. So I don't know what what quarterback you would get you know are you going to try and get baker then if you get rid of kyler murray but then you're basically saying to yourself well we're not winning the championship this year exactly. i like baker but make, maybe to the playoffs but they're not winning at all no well this is the reason why contracts are getting so ridiculous in the nfl is because these players just expect oh we're going to sit out we're not going to play yeah. until you pay us which is uh, I get especially it. if you're a quarterback right that's the biggest position 
But then after watching Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, and Derek Carr signing contracts yeah. worth more than $40 million, I mean, if you're Kyler Murray, you see what Derek Carr got. You, I can understand in a way. I still think it's a bad look and you yeah. shouldn't do it. If you're thinking, why am I not getting that if Derek Carr is? Yeah. And <laughs> so we obviously saw Kyler get rattled up in the playoffs last year uh, with Arizona. Uh, he did not perform well, uh, not to his usual self, but... If you're Arizona, I think your number one priority should be getting Kyler Murray what he wants because it's so hard to find a quarterback that's even slightly above competent in this day and age. And when you have a guy like that, you cannot afford to let him go because what are you going to do? Build again and draft another Josh Rosen or something like that? Like Arizona, Arizona got super lucky when they got that pick to draft Kyler Murray. So... I think they'd be stupid, absolutely stupid to let him go. Absolutely. And not only that, it's like you just brought up the fact, Josh Rosen. They literally got Josh Rosen with what, like the fourth overall pick? Yep. Tenth overall pick. And then the very next year, they get the first overall and they get Kyler Murray. It's like you've already put two years of top ten draft picks into a quarterback. Why go and waste it when you have one who's already proven that he can be a top player in the NFL? What would be hilarious is if Kyler Murray just said, you know what, I'm going to go play baseball. Went up and suited up for the Oakland A's. Good luck, man. I mean, he's always been an interesting character. I mean, from the times (laughs) when he was deciding to go to the NFL or the MLB, he was awkwardly dodging those questions. Yeah. So right from there, I was like, ooh. Maybe his heart's not into it. No, he's kind of like the opposite of Baker in a way. Yeah. Okay. Baker says, I mean, Baker is frustrated as well right now, but Baker just comes out and says whatever he wants. Where Kyler, he's kind of sneaky with it. He is. I mean, didn't his agent come out, uh, typed up paper? Yes. It's so strange of saying like, you know, this is the money I want. This This is is what he deserves to get. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I can't believe we're still talking about this. I thought they had kissed and made up and then we were going to I know. I thought it was bad and it was good and now it's bad. Now it's bad again. So like if they let him- Thanks, Derek Carr. Get out. I mean, like, well, I don't know what he, what he's thinking. Like, he has to at least win a playoff game for him to, you know, off, you know, want a huge contract, and he couldn't do that last year. So, yeah. I mean, he got a ways to go in in my book. But I don't know how they're going to look at this. But I mean, I don't know. Could you imagine if like somebody like Donovan McNabb would pull something like that? Because <laughs> oh. what? By the way, Michael, what do you think of Donovan McNabb? As I like him. You liked him? Yeah, I liked him. I feel like he was like him. one of the top quarterbacks. Dude, he's cool. In like like the early two thousands. Like from 2000 to 2010, I remember. There's that was Super Bowl home. year. Was that 2004 when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and lost? Yeah, the Patriots. Yeah. And then he he couldn't handle the pressure, man. He was thrown up in the, was in the that, playoffs on the final drive. Is that when LaShawn McCoy still, or uh, Shady McCoy? Did he I still think, I think it came in later. Before his okay. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I think they had Brian Westbrook. Brian oh. Westbrook and T.O. Yeah, T.O. That was their offense. Yeah, right. That's crazy. Uh, so when you're looking at Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray, uh, offensive Rookie of the Year, two-time Pro Bowler, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. You cannot let this slip, especially through the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, despite being one of the league's oldest franchises, they have had little to no success ever. Yeah, um, you're pretty much going to be going in a rebuild again. Yeah, yes. and they are a rebuilding franchise, and that is just not a good look for the NFL. I think the league is better when there are more teams like that with really good quarterbacks. So. 
you better pay up, open up those pocketbooks, uh, Arizona owners, and uh, get Kyler what he wants because he's obviously not happy. Uh, right. Yeah. But what is it that he's not happy about? Is he not happy about the coaching staff? Is he not happy? No, about I think it's just them? money. Is it just him? Just money. Just money. Okay. Yeah. Just the money. Thing. More money, more problems. Which you is surprising too, because uh, you would think you know they have DeAndre Hopkins, which they've already signed trade for. Get he's under. He's good to go. You have. Um, was Buddha Baker? Yep, one of the top tight or not tight ends, uh, safeties in the league. It's like these guys are already paid for. This team's already solid. They just need to give the money to the quarterback, which is the what you need. You know, and the quarterbacks run the league. Once you have that secure, yeah, you save your franchise. And if yeah. you're the owner of the Cardinals, you thought you had that stuff figured out. You thought, okay, we have a, our franchise quarterback. What do we do now? And now all of a sudden, it's. Ooh, I am not going to play without a new contract. So I don't know what's going through Kyler Murray's head. I hope for his sake and the Cardinals sake that they can figure something out, but also not put themselves in the uh, proverbial cap hell like uh, hmm. Green Bay is because that would just be, there's more problems with that. Uh, yeah. You look at what Tom Brady did. Yeah. He was smart and yeah. that's why he won seven Super Bowls. All right. Good talk, fellas. We will be right back after this short commercial break on the Unlimited Sports Show, GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today. So find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you know, uh-huh. see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. His laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands in shangri I says it was none other than Go Mile High Day Camp, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it. It can change those who listen to it, too. This is where we 
start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Hey, Colorado sports fans. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show this is the Unlimited Sports Talk Radio Show, where we talk unlimited sports on Go Mile High Radio. And we are back once again here on the Unlimited Sports Show. Guys, baseball season is in full effect. We got a couple of games going on right now, but uh, we will now look to Michael to uh, recap us in the games going on, my guess. Yes, sir. Only one walk-off in yesterday's slide-up game. Chaz McCormick of the Houston Astros drops a routine fly ball in the outfield, giving the Diamondbacks the walk-off win, 3-2. The Yankees lose. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. uses the power of his family lineage, being the youngest player in MLB history, to hit three total home runs. Even Garrett Cole has a tip as captain. Blue Jays beat the Yankees 6-4. The Cleveland Guardians offense refuses to slow down. They beat the Cincinnati Reds 7-4. Three. The Guardians now have a 21 plus point differential. Trade bait, Frankie Montes pitched neatly into the seventh inning. While the dump truck, Sean Murphy hit a fruit run home run to give the A's a 4 2 win over the Rays. A perfect game that could have been but wasn't. Clayton Kershaw is back and better than ever before. Pitched seven perfect innings before being pulled. Offense put up back-to-back-to-back home runs to take care of the Twins, 7-0. Logan spun his web yesterday as he pitched eight strong innings, only four hits allowed. Giants edge out the Padres, 2-1. Josiah Gray allowed one hit in five scoreless innings, and the Washington Nationals beat Max Pride and the Atlanta Braves 3-1. Max Scherzer cruised in this game, while the polar bear Pete Alonso drove in five RBIs as the Mets beat the Phillies 9-6. The Red Sox rough up their old teammate Eduardo Rodriguez in a 9-7 win against the Detroit Tigers. At least Spencer Torkelson hit his first major league home run. It was raining in the south side of Chicago, and the White Sox hitting was making it rain as well. Eloy goes 450 feet in the White Sox beat the Mariners 6-4. Ben Gamble hit a three-run homer in the first inning for the Cubs, but Key Brian Hayes four hits lifted the Pirates over the Cubs 6-2. Corbin Burns was finally Cyburns for the Brewers after an awful first start of the season with seven shutout innings. The Brewers beat the Orioles 4-2, making Baltimore 1-5 to start the season. That was yesterday's MLB news, today's MLB recap. Thank you for that wonderful insight, Michael, onto the beautiful game of baseball. So, one thing I wanted to touch on really quick, we were talking about Vladdy Jr. Uh, mm. hitting those three homers. He's an absolute beast, man. He's Monster. So Even after fun. getting his uh, hand stepped on. Yeah. He hit a home run, yep. got the hand stepped on, hit two more. Yeah, dude. Vladdy, uh, homers Against in the first, Cole, the third, yeah. the eighth. Uh, yeah, he is. He's looking like he's poised to be the new face of the MLB, in my opinion. Uh, mm. Especially watching his dad play. Even I remember that. Uh, 
Vladdy Sr. had a heck of an arm out there in right field, man. Yeah, but Guerrero Jr., he hit three home runs. Sr. never did that. Yeah, well, that's that's even crazier. Uh, Sr. had a long career. So, uh, a quick little funny thing that I thought happened yesterday in the Blue Jays and Yankees game aforementioned. Uh, there was a call by a legendary Yankees announcer that almost went the way that he thought it was. Hunter, do we have that audio? This Hicks. Here's the 1-0. Swung on, there it goes. Deep left center. It's high. It is far. It is gone. But caught. At the wall. Caught by Tapia. Oh, I thought that was gone. So Stanton got close. He sent Tapia back to the wall to make the catch. And the Yankees come up just empty. That would have tied the game. I thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah. The way it hit off it the looked- bat and the fan. Bands, they were going nuts. Yeah, dude, uh, Yankees uh, broadcaster John Sterling on that call. And uh, former Rockies legend, Rymel Tapia, <laughs> making the uh, catch out there and left. But I wanted to talk about Giancarlo Stanton because he has had a pretty interesting career. You know, he used to be the homer guy. Like, I remember when he was playing in Miami, uh, he was absolutely wrecking it. And uh, to see him out there still hitting bombs is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Stanton so far, I mean, against that Boston series to start off, he crutches off of Boston. Yeah. 5-13 with two home runs and four RBIs in that series. It's He's fun to watch. Yeah, uh, and he's he played for the Marlins for seven years before uh, heading to the Yankees in 2018. And uh, he's been somewhat of what they expected, I think. I think they might have expected a little bit more out of him, but uh, he's... Not Yankee fans. Yeah, well, going to expect. Yankee <laughs> fans have a lot of expectations. Uh, he has not made an all-star team since going to New York. But... Uh, yeah, I, I like watching Giancarlo. I remember when he was Mike Stanton, and then one day he changed his name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, without the Rockies playing yesterday, there was still a lot of good ba- uh, baseball that was played. Um, yeah. What, what, what Guerrero did with those three home runs, man, there was like a still photo of him, and uh, it was him just at the plate. He just looked like he was just bigger than than any normal human being, like like he was like a god amongst boys. So that, that was nice to see. And then also Clayton Kershaw's near mm, uh, yeah. perfect game, which would have been the 24th of all time. What'd you, what do you think of that? Do I want to go back to that because we did touch on it yesterday in the show. But if you're Clayton Kershaw, I mean, he's one of the only people who really had nothing to lose in that instance because he has not thrown a perfect game. But he has thrown no hitters. He's won Cy Young Awards. He's won All-Stars. Three times Cy Young Awards. He's won an MVP too as a pitcher, which is a really hard thing to do. But... I don't think that that really meant as much to him as it meant to us, the fans. But when you're looking at baseball as a whole, they kind of have an image problem. And good pitching performances like that, perfect games, like what a better way to boost their ratings the next day than to throw a perfect game. I think it meant a lot to him if he got a perfect game. Everyone wants to get a perfect game. But I think Kershaw understood reality. He knew that he was out for two months last season. They He wasn't there for them in the playoffs. That hurts any player more than anything and you know the lockout the short and spring training everything he even admitted himself he says i didn't pick the ball up enough in the during the lockout than i should have yeah it's on me i wasn't prepared i mean still with 13 strikeouts against 21 batters in seven innings yikes in seven innings dude clayton kershaw still has it man yeah that's it's fun thing to see he's been an absolute driving force of pitching in the major leagues his whole career pretty much uh 
infamously the Rockies had the opportunity to draft Clayton Kershaw and shows <laughs> uh, a one Mr. Greg Reynolds, Colorado Rocky legend. Uh, I think he pitched two seasons here, <laughs> ended up not doing anything. And I know that uh, Dan O'Dowd or whoever it was at the time was kicking themselves over that one. World-class organization, guys. Yes, sir. World-class. And don't you forget it. I'm glad Kershaw decided to go back to the Dodgers because there was talks yeah. of him signing with Texas. I just didn't think that was going to look right. It right. would be one of those things yeah, where a well, player doesn't weird. look right in this jersey. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw's a Dodger. Yeah, he uh, belongs. He's in the all. I'm sure he's in the all-time starting five Dodger. A hundred percent. Which is crazy. Looking back, probably to second a, under Sandy. Yeah, or yeah, Sandy Koufax. Wow. Uh, when you're talking about names like that, um, it's no joke, guys. I mean, his name alone. Like you hear that Clayton Kershaw. That, that just, just sounds like name. a base. Sounds man. like that's a good name. Badass name. pitcher, right? I mean, that's why I have them number one on my power rankings. Right. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I know they're 3-2. And, and the thing that's the key for the Dodgers is Cody Bellinger becoming back to his old self. I, I mean, he batted 165 last year. Mm-hmm. At the start of the season so far, he's batting 2 for 14. But that was a double and a home run. So hopefully he's going to turn it around this year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's early in the year. Uh, we can never overlook the Dodgers. They are the most talented team on paper, and they've proved themselves. They won the World Series in 2020. Uh, and I think they're, if all things go expected, unfortunately, I think they're headed back. Oh, yeah, 100%. But Blue Jays number two, I have them. Really? Blue Jays number two. Vlad, Bo, Matt Chapman, George Springer, they're bringing it. Right, yeah, they got a about good. George Springer. The pitching was a little iffy so far, but they're solid pitchers in the league, and they'll turn it around. Yeah, and the Blue Jays are always one of those teams that is always active at the trade deadline for yeah. some reason. So uh, if the pitching stuff doesn't really go their way, I could totally see them making a big splash move from a seller team to try to get another starter. Uh, you also have uh, Hunjin Ryu. Remember him? <laughs> Hunjin Ryu. Yeah, Ryu. I like him. Uh, he's mm-hmm. fun to watch pitch. Uh, Absolutely. Kevin Gosman. Uh, Colorado kid. Yeah. He had uh, a potential for Cy Young. Yeah. Like Kevin Great. When he was with the Orioles, uh, he was definitely killing. It's always nice to see hometown kids like that find mm-hmm. success. But yeah, like you said, Michael, the uh, Blue Jays are up and in it, man. They are up there in that tough, always tough AL East division. The Astros are pre- playing better than I thought they would without Carlos Correa. Yeah. Right, they're still four and two. Yeah. But their rookie shortstop, Jeremy Pena, mm-hmm. he has speed and power. And yeah. he's replacing people in Houston are forgetting about Carlos because <laughs> of what Jeremy's doing for them. So I have them number three for me. I think it's really cool. Some of these rookies that are coming into the league, you know, wit wander, all these guys, they're actually living up to the hype. And I'm actually really excited to see what these guys are going to do. with. Yeah. The there was about 10 total of the top prospects being called up this year for opening day. And yeah. that was like a record. It was a long time since that's happened. And part of it is the CBA, uh, CBA deals of, you know, now. Better deals for the minor leaguers. Well, yeah. So basically it works if, okay, well, if you're a rookie, that's a top prospect. If he is in the running for rookie of the year, you will get a certain draft pick. Mm-hmm. So the owners are definitely going to want to do that because they love their draft picks. So it makes sense. I think it will fix it for minor leaguers who are top prospects instead of being taken advantage of where they sit them down in AAA for yeah. two weeks because of their uh, their time, uh, the, the contract that they get. I think that's one of the better things about baseball that not a lot of other sports have. I don't think any sport has a minor league system as in-depth as baseball. But 
you really get the time to develop these guys and you can turn from like, just because you weren't the best player coming out of college doesn't mean you can't end up making impacts. And if you mm-hmm. look at the Rockies farm system, guys like Zach Veen, uh, Benny Montgomery, uh, Ezekiel Tovar and Miguel Taglia, uh, those guys weren't really big names coming out when they were signed or drafted out of presumably high school or college, but now they're making cracks on the uh, MLB's top uh, free agent list. I, for one, am excited to see uh, Taglia and Ezekiel Tovar. Uh, Tovar won the Abby Greer Award for the Colorado Rockies, having the best spring training. Uh, he hit something ridiculous, like 358 or something in the spring. Had a few home runs. Uh, the future looks decent in the Rockies farm system, I'd say. Absolutely. I've also been impressed with the... Uh Cleveland Guardians, they're number one in runs with 45, so mm-hmm. they, yeah. they've been impressive. I'm a huge fan of Steven Jose Ramirez. What a monster. Absolutely. I think yeah. it was 116 at, uh, total pitches that he's seen without a swing and a miss. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Insane. So, baseball is back, guys. And uh, Baseball's back. Speaking of being back, we will be back shortly after this commercial break here on the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com. Hey man, what's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah, I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah, because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today. So find your voice at beonair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. His laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands in shangri I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. GoMileHigh.com. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it, too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. (laughs) 
Hey, Colorado sports fans. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show this is the Unlimited Sports Show. It's where you get all the unlimited sports information you need. Breathing is hard. Beer tested. Somebody stop that yeah, man. And we are back here on the Unlimited Sports Show. Uh, Jack here with Eric, Michael, and uh, Hunter on the ones and twos up back there so uh guys today i made a new segment for our show and i think it's going to be a fun one uh we use the term dork a lot because we can't cuss on the air so <laughs> that's my go-to word when i can't cuss and i have to say something negative about somebody i'll call them a dork a big old dork and you know what there's plenty of them around the league so uh i got this new segment it's called dork of the day so we're all going to get a couple of you know maybe 45 seconds a minute to talk about who you think is the biggest dork of the day in sports. I think I will be starting off. So, uh, Hunter, play that music. Uh, we have none other than, for me, wait for it, wait for it. Guys, there is somebody in the NBA who has been absolutely detrimental to his Tell team. Tell us already. <laughs> it is Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, you are a dork for putting Luka Doncic in that meaningless game of the season. And guess what happened? Luka Doncic is out. Game one versus Utah. There will be no Luka. What are the Mavericks thinking? Why did they put Luka in that game? Why did they let him get hurt? And why did they ruin their postseason chances Against Utah, they're gonna get they're gonna get beat by Utah if they don't have Luca. This without this, Luca, we don't know how he'll serious be back. this is. Jazz is a team that's known for choking, but they if, are. But if the, the Jazz do not beat and take advantage of, of Luca going out, I mean I don't know. All right, that's mine. How about you, Michael? Who's your dork of the day? Well, what a hang dork! On, hang on. For, so. There are reports that he'll be back maybe for game three. I think the series will be split. I think Spencer Dimwilly will take over. Bro, who else? Time. Spencer? Yeah. I think he's gonna... He's no Luka Doncic. Alright, so my dork, he's a he's a star for the Nuggets, Faku Composite. Oh! <laughs> how embarrassing and how dare him not I be there this one a lot. for his team in the playoffs when it counts. And now he's suspended for game one. <laughs> That's awful. And he has Wayne Ellington threatening to put hands on him if on Twitter. If you look at the numbers, 5.1 points per game, 36, 36 field goal percentage, and 30 from the three. That's pretty good. And then 3.4 assists. I mean, even the last game of the year versus the Lakers, he put up an astonishing three points for the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> so... They're going to miss that 5'10", 194 player for the Nuggets when they really need him against uh, to take on Steph Curry. Yeah, we should have kept Davon Reed and cut Absolutely. Faku while we had a chance. Absolutely. I'm changing my door. Yeah, Dork Faku. 
Yeah, he was a dork, man. I mean, that just looked like a move out of frustration. Like, he hadn't been playing all year. <laughs> I love that you brought up his stats. <laughs> There's no stats are dorkable for sure. There's no place in the NBA for violence. There's also no place for Faku Composite. Yes, there is. <laughs> I think so. All right, Eric. You're the dork of the day. I mean, I, I, it was a hard one to pick. Uh, I was thinking Miles Bridges, but then there was also the glue girl. <laughs> I think I'm actually going with, guys, Pat Beverly. Whoa. He's my dork of the day. That dude's yeah. celebration at the end of beating the Clippers. The Clippers. It's not like he beat, you know. <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, I swear to God, I saw so many memes of it and then him celebrating and then we are the champs playing in the background. Like, Aww, it totally fit yeah. in. Like, they just came back from down 3-1 and won the the, net, the championship. It was... Timberwolves moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pat Beverly. Dork. And then to get fined. And he got fined for $30,000 he lost in that game. Right after the game, he went on Instagram Live and was cussing up a storm and goes, oh, yo, we're the effing best. We're the effing best. Beth, you guys. I mean, it does feel good to beat your former team, and especially in a game like that. But was his celebration warranted? Probably not. Pat Bev, you are officially a dork of the day. How dare they match up Pat Beverly with a sorry-ass team like the Clippers? Yeah, right? All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Hunter, you have one? I do have a dork of the day. I think I'm going to have to step away from basketball. I know you all did yours with basketball, but I think with mine, I'm going to have to go with the two goalies that the LA <laughs> not just Jonathan Quick was <laughs> guy too because take a look at yes the abs are a juggernaut they score goals left and right but Jonathan Quick allowed three goals on ten shots the avalanche had four goals yesterday and the LA Kings only had three shots on goal. Oh my the, God. the Avalanche had more goals than the uh, LA Kings had shots on goals. So I think the goalies yesterday for the LA Kings were a joke. Absolute just, uh, I can't get over it. Nine goals. How do you allow nine goals on only 35 Bro. shots? Total. Especially this late in the season, Jonathan you're going to allow nine goals. And you're trying, to, you're trying to get in as a playoff team. Yeah, too. it's not looking oh good. God, that is embarrassing. What a dork. What, what a, a dork of the day. <laughs> All right, you can kill that music now. It's getting a little a little much. I don't know how circus clowns deal with that all day. <laughs> that uh, was that was very good, guys. Speaking of circus clowns, Faku Kumpazo, let's go back to that. Uh, <laughs> when you are in a position like that, when you are playing minutes in a game that really doesn't mean anything, but this is going to be one of your shots to prove that you have it. And uh, we know Faku every once in a while, he's good for a nice uh, in-between-the-legs pass. He can do that every once in a while, but... With his height and with his sort of nature of being like the designated like annoyer on defense, like that's really all he is. Like, do you guys think that Faku will play another game for an NBA team? Mm. No, you should just go back to the Euro League where he dominated and was MVP four times because four time MVP of the Euro League. Yes, because what he's been doing here in the NBA is not really, you know, I mean, wow, the assists and the passing, you know, some of those passes that he has is really cool. Really it's really cool. Um, he's got pesky defense, so he can get into the head of some, you know, star players. But outside of that, man, the guy doesn't bring much else to the table. Yeah, uh, especially when you're uh, for me, the thing was not only getting suspended, but getting suspended in that game. Like that was his shot. That was Faku's game. He could have played the whole game. Yep. But instead, he gets ejected in the second quarter for pushing Wayne Ellington. Who? Exactly. Wayne 
Wayne the Rock Ellington. I don't know. <laughs> he used, he's got a good three point shot. That's about it. Yeah. Better than Composo's. Composo yeah, will be left wide open and miss it. Yeah, Composo is indeed a dork of the day. Um, going back to what I was saying about Jason Kidd. What I'm still trying to figure out what the logic was in playing him in that last meaningless game just for him to get hurt. Uh, it makes no sense. They had to me. no especially when Dallas was up there, by like it. you said their seating was was secured. Like that, they didn't need to play for anything. And it was just yeah, it was dumb. And what? dude, I can't think of another player that is more valuable to their team than Luka Doncic. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm the saying. Team. The like, Jazz should beat them. It's like if Nikola got hurt. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And if if they put Nikola in in that Lakers game and he got hurt and ended up missing game one, not only game we don't know. I mean, they ruled him out just for game one, but he could be out longer than that. What an absolute dumb move. I can't think of any logic or reason behind it. And if I'm Jason Kidd, I'm having nightmares. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm staying up all night thinking about why I made that dorky decision. Yeah. But, bro, <laughs> Luka Doncic means more to his team than – I mean, you could argue Steph Curry, Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, guys like that. But other than that, and Devin Booker maybe – but besides that, Luka Doncic, he need the Mavericks need him. That's Especially their whole this identity. year. This Especially year. this year, they were able to creep up and get that number five seed. Uh, they don't have luck- Porzingis anymore. Yeah, they have Dinwiddie instead. <laughs> but eh, that trade worked out for them better. It did because uh, Porzingis was not anything like he was hyped up to be when he had that brief little success in New York. Uh, <laughs> but I just can't stop thinking about this, guys. Like what? So NBA is known, like they faced criticism before for like resting their stars. And in the game of basketball, when you play 82 games a season, you're not going to be able to play. This isn't Wilt Chamberlain's era where people were playing the entire game all the way start to finish. I see no reason why the Jazz can't come in and snatch a couple games now. And I think that Dallas was heavily favored before this matchup because the Jazz are known for tanking in the playoffs and they kind of had a free fall there at the end of the season. Uh, Rumors of Rudy Gobert getting traded. Rumors of Donovan Mitchell getting traded. Like, and then I, I just I, I'm kicking myself trying to think of like what the logic was. I mean, he had to have had a reason, right? I'm not sure what the reason was. Well, they had a comfortable lead too when he was out on the court. Exactly, the that's the game. problem. And people want to complain about the NBA resting their stars. Well, this is what happens when you don't rest your stars. And now on Game One, when Utah plays Dallas on Saturday, they're not going to have their best player. So no. how good is that for the league? Well, it's terrible. They'll, they'll, the playoffs they'll split the first two. Utah will take one at home, but I think Dallas at home will take care of business until they get is, Luka back. Is Dallas a competent enough team to win without Luka? Yeah, I think so. Jalen Brunson, he's on a contract here, and he's been playing fantastic for the Mavericks this year. And then also Spencer Dewey. Yeah, and then that Dallas Mavericks. Could you imagine if enough. Utah went up 3-1 against... Oh. And then Luka comes back. <laughs> and then back. Luka comes back, fresh off his injury, and just dominates. No, Luka doesn't come back, and they still come yeah. back. Right. <laughs> that'd be even worse. He would have to trade your team. Yeah. 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 Right. Time to rebuild. Oh, my God. That, that'd make me sick. Oh, my goodness. So, if I'm Utah, I'm looking at this as an opportunity. Oh, yes. 100%. They are probably relieved. They probably made it, took an extra day off practice just so they knew they, they're not facing Luka Doncic, man. And when I think about the Mavericks as a somewhat slightly more than casual NBA fan, that is their entire identity. They don't have a solid really two guy, uh, three guy. I mean, they have a couple nice pieces there. And obviously when Jason Kidd is your coach, I mean, you'd think that he would have the experience to know that things like this can lead to disaster, but obviously he didn't. 
So I really don't know about this. The, the odds must have shifted incredibly if you're a betting person on the game at the, the sports books. Yeah. Uh, what do you see the series? Okay, like with Luca, do you have Dallas winning it? Yes. Okay. 100%. Because, I mean, as Denver fans, we've seen Utah is one of those just regular season teams. Uh, they, I don't think they can get it done, man. I really don't. All right, so after this commercial break will be our final segment, and we will do the two-minute drill here on the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands in shangri I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today. So find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. Hey, Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show Welcome back to the Unlimited Sports Show. You gotta be unlimited. They gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. Hello, everybody. We are back again. 
Jack, Michael, Eric, and Hunter on the boards here with you on a Thursday evening. Uh, guys, for our final segment here, we're going to do uh, a repeat of a segment we've done before called the two-minute drill. Uh, this will be where you have the chance to talk for two minutes about something sports-related, not sports-related, just kind of time to get something off your chest. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Michael is going to start us off here. Hunter, you pull up that That'll audio. bring us to the two-minute war. And here we go. Fellas, this is kind of a mixture of uh, dork of the day because – I should have made ASAP Rocky my dork of the day. <laughs> How foolish do you have to Dude. be to cheat on Rihanna? Dude. Oh! Especially when... While she's pregnant. As, yeah. You got Rihanna baby. pregnant and you're, you're cheating on her? Yeah. You are having starting a family with Rihanna. Rihanna, come on. Dude. You're going to cheat on her? And I tell you what, with who he, he's cheating on her with, nice the bro. shoe designer, Amina Mawadi, she better be something. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, I saw that today and I was absolutely shocked. We haven't had confirms of it yet, but ASAP Rocky, what a dork. You oh. guys and your celebrity gossip talk. Oh my goodness. What do you have, Eric? Um, well, we're not over with his two minutes, right? Well, it's kind of like the Tristan Thompson and Holy uh, yep. Kardashian. Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I like ASAP Rocky's music more than I like Rihanna's, so... Yeah. I don't know about that one. Dude, I mean, Ace, that's a power couple right there. Could have been. Now, now that's up in the air. (laughs) I don't know, man. Especially when she's pregnant, dude. Like, cheating on your pregnant girlfriend is not... Yeah, putting putting her through that while she's carrying your child. Yeah, that's dumb. I mean, Rihanna waited so long to have a kid. I mean... She's what in her mid thirties? Well, hang on. Is this where Drake steps in now? Yeah. Oh, geez. you know Drake's so gonna hit with that Drake. late night text, so, bro. Just hold up. Drake. I'll be champagne pop. Bling. He goes, "I'll be your daddy." He yeah. doesn't even write his own raps, man. Oh my god. I don't know. That's <laughs> a really argument. Drake and Rihanna. I want it to happen. <laughs> get those two back we together. Did, we did get Ben Affleck and J. Oh my god. Yup. All the Drake memes are flying in though from fans. Yep. Right, I'm gonna reel y'all back once this final the long tick. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm gonna have to bring y'all back to the sporting world because uh, I'm not one to follow celebrity gossip, so can't really comment on that. So I want you guys to think about all the different positions and all the sports. You know, think of a a goalie for hockey. I want you to think of a quarterback for football, pitcher for. Baseball, what is the hardest position, do you think? Or what is one position in all the sports that you admire the most? Quarterback. Probably catcher in baseball. Catcher in baseball. Corner. Cornerback. Corner. Ooh, that's a good one, too. See, but cornerback, you control the game. All the pressure's on you. I feel like... So many different routes. And then you're also... There are, like, six foot five, 350-pound guys coming to take you down. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're in a scramble, oh, my gosh. I would just lay down. You would just be... Please just you pat me on the helmet. <laughs> pull a Peyton. Yeah, please just pat me on the head. <laughs> I think being a defensive back in the NFL is the toughest thing you could ask anybody to do. Because with the way that rules are set nowadays, everything's pushed more so that the offense is more successful. You have to not only know what the defensive play is, but you got to rely on your responsibility, but then also have your athleticism and speed to be able to keep up with some of these receivers. Yeah. I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. I think oh, absolutely. as a catcher, you not only have to be like in that uncomfortable position for three hours a game, but you also <laughs> have to be the game manager. You're also getting uh, calls directly from the manager. You throw up the signs. You're telling the 
pitcher what to do. You're sort of the captain of the pitcher. And uh, also, you have 90 mile an hour fastballs flying towards your face every couple of seconds. It's super easy to get hurt. Uh, I think it's. I think that's the toughest position. See, for me, I, I have to go with pitcher. I think pitcher is the most pressurized position in all of especially sports. Especially closer. I, yeah, especially Ooh. closer. You got to close the game out. That's your responsibility. And I feel like your heartbeat is just racing at that point. So yeah. that's why I'm going with pitcher, man. I think that's just such a hard position to, to play. Yeah, I'll go for all though. Insanely hard. All right, guys, here's mine. So uh, five days ago, it was announced that the Rockies had hired former 17-year first baseman Todd Helton to become the special assistant to general manager Bill Schmidt. Um, Helton's primary responsibility will be working with the top Rockies prospects along with touring the minor league facilities and stuff like that. And I, for one, was a huge Todd Helton fan. I played first base as a kid. I grew up sort of right in that prime Todd Helton era. He's the face of the Rockies franchise. I couldn't be more stoked. I think more teams need to start making moves like this. Uh, and you saw earlier uh, in the offseason, the Rockies hired former uh, National League champion manager Clint Hurdle as another yes. special assistant to the GM. So to me, I like Clint. Me too, man. And to me, these are the kind of moves that change a franchise around. You need to get somebody in there who's been there, who's played for the team, who's played Absolutely. for the city, who knows what to do and can help steer this franchise in the right direction. And especially working with the minor league system, which we know the Rockies haven't always had the best luck at uh, developing and choosing prospects. They've had a few really big hits. You look at Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Todd Helton, of course, a homegrown player. Um, I, for one, think more teams in sports need to make moves like this. Like, I don't know if the Nuggets or the Broncos or whoever, but get more former stars in front office roles. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, look at the Broncos with John Elway, you know, making him the vice president of football operations. They each kind of turned that team around and made him into a playoff contender. Then the Avalanche, obviously, with Joe Sackick making him the GM. Yeah. That is that is huge. So I'm glad that Colorado's doing that, and I'm glad that the Rockies are doing that as Me well. Me too. Yeah, it's a great move, but you have to do make the right choices afterwards then, because we saw what the Marlins would did with Derek Jeter. Yeah, right. true. <laughs> it doesn't always fate. work out. It does not always not work always. out. But when you're a guy like Todd Helton, he's sort of a quiet, competitive, analytical, just powerhouse. He was the silent leader of the Rockies for quite some time. Um, I, for one, am super stoked to see this. So that is my two-minute drill. I believe we have Hunter next. Yeah, um, I'm going to take it over to the football side of things, and I'm going to have to talk about the Rams. I really think that it is ridiculous and crazy about how the fact that they are in on almost every single player out there when they already have a stacked team offensively and defensively. There's rumors out there that they have been talking to Stefan Gilmore Ooh. throughout the offseason. There are rumors out there that they are making ways to get Tyron Matthew in oh, on that defense. Goodness. Where is the line drawn? How, stop it. How do you, how does a team who, yes, I know they have no draft capital. I, I know they have no future through that way, <laughs> but they've paid, they, they've paid these guys. They've paid Matthew Stafford. They've paid all these other people on that team to be a star studded team. And yet they still are finding ways to go yeah. out there and get players of the top caliber and bringing them in they're basically creating a super team and it's and if they're able to do it why aren't other teams starting to do this well, it's like how are they finding a way to do all this it just LA. goes to show you that the cap is a myth uh, <laughs> yeah. cap is a myth uh 
Well, I think the Rams certainly have nothing to lose. Obviously, coming off of the Super Bowl win this year with Matthew Stafford, uh, they made a bunch of trades. They got Odell Beckham. They got Von Miller. Uh, they got a lot of people. But now with some of those key pieces leaving and they're realizing they have no future. They literally have no draft picks for the next first or second round picks for the next four years or something like that. So why not go all in for as long as you can? Uh yeah, just I feel like LA is just so easy to sell. I think it's the main so thing is that a lot of these players are willing to take maybe a discount for a better chance to yeah. win a ring. And Bobby Wagner, too. Because LA that. is the best yeah. place to go right now for that. Yeah, and they, Rams running it back? The only thing they need to figure out is how to get fans in the stands, bro. Fans well, in the stands and the stadium that they have in SoFi, it's going to be crazy. And I think they'll be just fine. Especially, I mean, you just won the Super Bowl. Might as yeah. well be able to bring fans in that way with everything that's been going on for them. They'll be fine. I don't think fans will be that big of an issue. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like the strategy because like I said, with the no capital for a long time, like they have, they're going to have a hard time developing young players. So just swing for the fences, sign as many people as you can and hope for a repeat of last year. Yeah. I mean, you look at teams that were super teams before, like the golden state warriors and actually the Los Angeles Lakers when they won the championship in the yep. bubble of all the players yep. that they were getting for such a, like a nice discount. But that's because, well, players knew that was the place to get the ring. Yeah, exactly. So if I'm the Rams, uh, if I'm, you know, Stan Kroenke, obviously the owner of the Avalanche, Nuggets, Rapids, Mammoth, Eliches, all that crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think this is the best thing for them is to just keep spending and spending and spending. But eventually that bubble is going to burst. Oh, yeah. But I think, I think it's worth it. it if is. you can get a ring or two, I, even just one, I'll that's take what you play right. for. You yeah, play it's so to hard to get one. Game. You play to win the game. Yeah, and so if I'm the – the Rams are in a good position. Uh, they're a new team, sort of new in L.A., I guess. Um, but, yeah, that bubble Old is going – new. Yeah. <laughs> new stadium. Uh, the, that bubble is going to burst, though. And maybe five, six – even four years down the line that we're going to see the Rams at the bottom of the standings oh, yeah. for sure. It'll happen. Um, but I've been nothing but impressed with Matthew Stafford. Uh, we all knew he could do great things. We didn't know he was capable of this, but uh, he just ran through the entire league and got himself a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP. One of the few people living up to the first overall pick. Yeah. yeah. Especially the Lions' first overall. Pick. Yeah, and I mean, even <laughs> when he played with the Lions, he was, he was still even good. That bad. Yeah. yeah, he was a Pro Bowl quarterback for the Lions. Yeah, but years. not they a lot of people talked about. Figure it out no. with him at quarterback. Yeah, he was sort of that line. guy who was like, "Oh, he's the fantasy quarterback because right. he puts up yards and touchdowns." If it game. wasn't one thing, it was another. If it wasn't their offensive line, it was their defense. If it wasn't their defense, he had no weapons to throw to. It was just a culmination of a lot of things that just never came together for. All it was was him, him and Calvin. That's all he had. Yeah. And Adamic and Sue stomping on people. Oh, too. my gosh. I Wasn't that a Thanksgiving day? Yeah, that was a Thanksgiving. I remember watching that, that on Thanksgiving. That when he stepped on Aaron Rodgers? Uh, yeah. As a kid, I remember watching that at the yep. Thanksgiving table. I'm like, oh. I was oh. at a. I was <laughs> what at did a, he do? I was at the Broncos and Lions game in 2011, and I remember him stepping on Tim Tebow. I was there too, bro. You were? Yeah, I watched that blowout too. It was oh. terrible. Maybe that was the game I was booing Tim Tebow. We saw each other. You guys are sitting right next to each other. Didn't probably, know. yeah. All right, guys, that has been our show for today, the Unlimited Sports Show. I want to thank everybody, Michael, Eric, and Hunter behind the boards. Uh, we had fun today. Uh, good show. Uh, we will be back at it next week here on the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com.
this has been the Elevated Sports Podcast. Please like and subscribe and follow at Elevated underscore Sagala, S-I-G-A-L-A, on Twitter and Elevated Sports Community on Instagram for updates and interactions with the host. Remember to always stay elevated.